So thought about doing something a little bit different this morning. Earlier in the week, it's like, okay, we're going to be doing an online service. It's going to be a little different. Do we do a message that's kind of geared towards this time? Uh, there are a lot of really good sermons out there right now uh, that you can listen to that talk about, you know, fear and things like that. And I would encourage you, use this time to grow in that. Um, early on, though, I just said, you know what? I need some normal in my week as well. And so we're going to continue walking through our greatest sermon series. If you're kind of new with us, uh, we are just walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we've been doing that for several weeks now. We're going to be doing it for several more. Uh, you can go online and kind of catch up with some of the messages. We've talked through the Beatitudes. We've talked through Salt and Light. The last time that we met and we talked about it, we kind of looked at how Jesus examines the law. And we're going to continue that today. And the way that Jesus begins to do that, he says, hey, I didn't come to abolish the law. Uh, but to fulfill it. And then he begins to bring some things within the law out and show us maybe we don't know as much about it as we thought we did. Several years ago, um, I lived in Fort Worth, and we had roundabouts all around our house. Um, If you have never driven through a roundabout, they make complete sense, and they are wonderful if people know how to use them. Ours would get really, really backed up, and um, one day I pulled onto the feeder road, and I'm just kind of in the line. It's going to take a while to get through there, and suddenly there's kind of this bump. And I realized the vehicle behind me had hit my car. And look, we're talking about anger today, and I, I'm, I'm a pretty laid-back person, but everyone has certain situations where your anger goes up, and you just know that's, that's what gets me. That's the scenario, that's the person. For me, it's when I'm behind the wheel of a car. Now, when the truck hit me, I actually was pretty still laid back. Oh, look, accidents happened. It wasn't hard. I wasn't worried about my car being completely totaled or anything. Um, But I thought, you know what? I'm going to pull over to the side. This person can follow behind me. We'll be responsible adults. We'll get out. We'll take a look at it. It shouldn't be anything. One, my car was old as could be to begin with. Well, as I began to pull over, I noticed that the truck that had hit me is not pulling over. They are, in fact, taking this opportunity to jump me in line. Now the whole situation begins to change. Like, I am, me- my blood pressure shot through the roof. I am, like, just this little bald man in my car yelling. Um, and I realized this truck is just going to pass me by. And so I was, I wanted to make sure I could make eye contact with them whenever they actually pulled by and so that I could be yelling and they could maybe read my lips. And as this truck pulls by and I'm pointing my finger yelling, I see a face of my friend Dale who may be watching right now, and he's one of my volunteers, really great friend. He knew it was my car, and he knew he was the one behind me, and he just gave me a little love bump, and he's just laughing and waving, and I'm still like this, and like, okay, maybe this situation isn't as bad as I thought it was, and I just kind of laughed about that, but we all have those moments where, look, you may not have a disposition to anger. You may. It may be your thing where you just know, hey, I'm kind of a hothead. But Jesus is going to take something like anger, and he's going to begin to teach us that at times maybe we don't know as much about it as we think we do. And there is, in fact, today's message is entitled A Cure for Anger. We can walk through that, and we can overcome it as well. And so we're going to be in the book of Matthew. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 21. Jesus is continuing to teach, and he says this. You have heard that it was said, uh, I'm sorry, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So Jesus begins teaching, and he says, you heard it said, and really when he's talking to these people, he says, you heard one thing but you don't really know exactly what you think you heard. 
These people had listened to scribes, Pharisees, religious teachers of the day. They had interpreted the law and they had heard it, but they didn't really understand it. And if we're not careful, we can very much fall into that today. I mean, right now, we're all doing something that I I love. Like, I love to teach, I love to preach, and this is a way that we we grow within that. But we've got to do a little more. See, this can't just be a a once-a-week type thing. This can't just be faith of somebody else. It can't be the faith of your parents. It can't be the faith of your friends or family. This has to be personal. Jesus says, you heard it said, but you didn't really know. We have an unbelievable opportunity right now. Look, a lot of times we say, man, I'm just too busy to study God's word. Now, some people, your busy got scaled up a little bit. So shout out to all the people that are still working in medical areas and fields and that are supplying us with food. But a lot of us just had some free time show up, right? Like, you're around your family more. Make the most of that. You have the opportunity right now to spend some time growing yourself in a personal way. Don't, don't lose out on that opportunity because we really just don't have an excuse right now. We get the opportunity to sit down, to study, and Jesus says, hey, you, you heard it said, but study it for ourselves. Listen. And then he begins to talk about this idea of anger. He says, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. What Jesus is really going to do is he's going to take this from an external thing and he's going to show us that anger is more than an external issue. It's a heart issue. He says, you have heard it said, you shall not murder. Now, that is very true. We know that comes from the Old Testament. Murder being the taking of innocent life. And there is something about murder that when we look at that one, that one, it's just, it's, we know that every sin is a sin, but we do look at that one because of the gravity of it, the, the taking of an innocent life. And we go, man, this is, that's big. But, do we ever stop and think about all of the actions that would lead up to something as heinous as murder? Because the scribes and Pharisees looked at it and said, hey, this is an external issue. Do not murder. Do not take an innocent life. But they would allow for everything that could lead up to that. And we know, man, you can have bitterness that sinks in. It makes you miserable. It makes you a different person. But the scribes and Pharisees said, hey, it's all about cleaning up the outside. It's an external thing. You just don't murder. And meanwhile, they forget about all of the underlying action that is happening there. See, they're, they're kind of like the cough syrup approach. Like, let's say you got a cough, um, and right now I know that's a weird time. Earlier this week, I was at Walmart, and I made the mistake of sneezing. Um, and it was like watching prairie dogs. Everyone around me, their head went up, and they just slowly looked at me. And I was like, man, I even did it in my elbow. Calm down, people. But if you got a cough, you know, it's annoying. And so you take cough medicine. Take some cough syrup. Now, what that does is it doesn't really fix the issue. It just kind of suppresses it. So you could have allergies going on. You could have a cold. I'm not going to mention anything beyond that. But the cough medicine and cough syrup, all they do is just kind of suppress the external thing. They don't deal with the issue. See, Jesus looks at us and says, hey, I'm going to take this from an external matter, and I'm going to show you that it is a matter of the heart. And instead of just covering it up, I'm going to show you how you can have a cure because there is a cure for anger. There is a cure, and here is step one. The step one in the cure, admit that you get angry. You have to admit that you get angry. He says, everyone who is angry, everyone gets all of us. Now, within the world of anger, there are a couple different ways that we can get angry. One of them is what we call righteous anger. And righteous anger is not sinful. And righteous anger is looking at a situation and going, I'm angry about it because I know that it is wrong. Like, we can look at sin, and you can have righteous anger towards sin. 
like we should. Um, in fact, Jesus shows us what that looks like when he goes to the temple once. He goes into the temple. This is my father's house. And you had all these money changers that were taking something like a sacrifice and profiting off of it. And Jesus has a moment of righteous anger. Man, he's flipping tables. Money's going everywhere. He makes a whip, and he begins to drive people out of the temple. And I tell people, look, this is Jesus. Like, when he made that whip, the Son of God doesn't miss. So every one of those, just direct hit, direct hit. Like, he drives the people out. That was a moment of righteous anger because he looked at sin and said, I'm angry towards this. We can have righteous anger towards injustice. Um, after World War II was over, when these concentration camps were being found, General Patton found one in Buchenwald that it was one of the most heinous and terrible things. We, we, we understand that. Well, nearby was a town where people had just ignored it. They knew what was going on. They knew what was taking place. And they said, I don't care about the injustice. I'm just going to stay here. And his response to that was he was so angry, he marched the entire town. It took like two days, and he marched them through that concentration camp where they could not get away from the fact that this is what is taking place. This is what's taking place in our backyard. There was an injustice, and we can have a righteous anger towards injustice. We can have a righteous anger towards something like racism. Uh, William Wilberforce really, really pushed for the abolition of slavery in England many years ago. And he had a righteous anger towards it. He looked at the situation and said, hey, this is not right. We need to do something about it, and it drove change. And so we can have righteous anger, but more often than not, we don't get upset about those things. We get upset about personal anger. And we look at a situation and we say, hey, I feel that I have been slighted in some way. I feel that something has been done to me, and sometimes rightfully so, and sometimes it's just because it goes against our own personal preference. Like we want something done a certain way, and when someone doesn't do it, Instead of looking at, hey, maybe we could do it a little differently, we get really upset, and we lose our mind over it a little bit. And far too often, that's where we are guilty of being angry. So are we? Yes. We're guilty of losing our temper at times. And sometimes it could be a little justified. If you've got kids, you know there's times where, man, I'm angry with them, and then there's sometimes where it's like, I have just been in a spot where maybe I was tired. <laughs> maybe I got awoken from my sleep. And maybe I shouldn't be responding in this way. Maybe I shouldn't lose my temper. And I have to admit that. And there's times where, are we guilty of yelling and anger? Yes. And we have to watch that and go, hey, is this really the best way to resolve this situation? We're guilty of neglect at times. We're guilty of gossip. And it can go on and on and on. The first step is we have to stop justifying our anger when it's not righteous anger. We have to stop justifying that. And we just have to admit, hey, I know there is an issue here. Like, I know that I'm getting angry. I am guilty of that, and I have to admit it. And then to teach us a little bit more, Jesus begins to give a few examples. So in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 23, it says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has, uh, has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Go to, uh, come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So step two in this little process is you have to correct the injustice. We have to admit that there's anger, but then we have to work to correct the injustice. 
And so Jesus gives a couple of examples. One, he's already said, look, everybody's going to get angry. He's, he even lists off earlier, he says, hey, uh, if you're angry with your brother, insult your brother, you know, any of those things. We know that that's all of us, but then we have to do something about it. And so he gives the example of, hey, let's imagine, let's, let's use our minds for a moment, and let's say, hey, you're at the altar, you're making a sacrifice, you're doing something that is commanded, you're doing something to make up for sin. But in that moment, as you're offering that gift, if you suddenly remember, oh yeah, my, my brother and I, we got into an argument, man, we said some things that we didn't mean, um, he said things, I said things, I need to leave, and I need to go and reconcile that. See, the gift is really good. Reconciliation is better. And this one's not really easy, but we can be really guilty of this if we're not careful. Like, don't fall into the ease of going to church and worshiping when you know that there is an issue that's there because that's the heart side. Uh, We don't want to fail in the matter of the heart. Again, we're taking this from an external thing and we're looking at it internally. And so, usually, in one of those situations, there's wrong on both sides. Now, there are times, and, and, and look, the reality is, in your life, something could have been done to you that you look at it and go, man, that was completely out of my hands, and I have every right to be angry, and this is really hard for me to move past. But more often than not, there's an issue on both sides. And you and I are called to correct the injustice by being the people that step up first and go, you know what? I know that this is there. I know that this is happening. I need to do something about this. And that can, that can be very difficult. Like sometimes that means, man, i got to pick the phone up. Man, I don't want to pick the phone up. Like if I'm being really honest, like I don't, I don't want to do that. But we know that we have been called to do it. So I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's right. And it's an act of obedience on our part. That's why even like this week, I, I make the joke whenever you hear the message like, and you leave and go, man, I got a lot to work on. Like Pastors have to start doing that on like Monday. Like on Monday morning when I'm beginning to study through our, our sermon and message for the week, I have to start dealing with that. And I even told our staff this Monday, I was like, I need y'all to hold me accountable. I need to make a phone call this week. I don't want to make that phone call, but I need to make the phone call this week because I know on Sunday I'm going to have to preach on this and I'm going to have to talk about this, and I don't want to be guilty of this. <laughs> And I'd love to tell you that, hey, sometimes you make that phone call and it's just fixed. Sometimes it's not. Mine's still not fixed. Like, but the reality is, like, I know that, hey, I have to step up and we all have to do that. Like, we have to do our part to fix the injustice. Because if we don't, then it just sits and it festers and it becomes worse. And that leads us to step three of the cure. Step three, you need to do it immediately. You need to do this immediately. Here's the other example that Jesus gives. He says, hey, imagine that you're going to court, like someone is taking you to court because you owe them money. You don't have a long time to fix that, like, because once you get there, the judge is going to side with this person. You're going to get thrown into prison. This was, he was basically talking about almost a debtor prison, and so you get put there, and it was really up to your friends and family to hopefully pay that, because now you can't even work. It was a really, really tough system, and he says, look, while you're on your way to court, that's your opportunity to make this right. You need to do it immediately. You need to do this quickly. Uh, Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest you get into a whole lot worse. And so as we look at that, if we don't handle a situation quickly, nothing good comes from it. You give that a little bit of time, and you're basically just planting these seeds where whatever the situation was, even if it was bad, 
and you had a right to be angry, it's only going to build. Like, it will, you'll start imagining the worst-case scenario and the worst possible person in that scenario. You will blow it out of proportion. Bitterness can sit in. And when bitterness sets in, then it leads to anger, and then it leads to hate and resentment. Almost kind of sounded like Yoda a little bit there. But you've got to take care of this quickly. Um, we want to be responsible in that. And so, man, that's got a lot of application. Marriages. And when Whitney and I were engaged and we were going through some different, you know, study material, we found that we are very different than most couples. Um, in most relationships, if there's an issue, the female is the one that's wanting to deal with it, and a guy usually kind of draws back and closes off, and uh, we, we are the exact opposite of that. If I feel like there's an issue, like I want to talk about it right now, and I understand, and I know she's watching, I'm annoying in that. So we even had to learn, okay, we, we need to give this a little bit of time, maybe we calm down some, you know, give a few minutes, and be rational, talk about it. Um, but if you don't do it then, man, it just sets in and becomes way worse in a marriage. And there's issues that go unresolved, and we don't want to talk about it when if we were to do it immediately and do it quickly and in a right and God-honoring way, maybe some of those could be resolved. Maybe the same with coworkers. Like you've got somebody at work that just gets under your skin, and they make you angry all the time. Like all they have to do is basically breathe. Um, like you pull into the parking lot and you see their car and you feel your blood pressure go up. Have that conversation and resolve that. Fix the injustice quickly and immediately because it will just get worse. And you know what? Even in the church world, (laughs) if we would just be willing to have a conversation with people at times, man, the things that that could do. Because a lot of times we get angry about something and we just haven't communicated it that well. And so when you go to a person and say, hey, I, I heard you say this. Is, is that what you really meant? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry if it came across that way. That's usually a wonderful God-honoring way where anger can be put aside. The injustice is fixed, but we need to do that quickly. Because if not, I know it's church, but there's a lot of times where you'll hear stories about people going, man, you know, back in 2007, Josh was supposed to bring something to life group, and he forgot to, and I've never forgiven him over that. Well, that's silly. Like, that's a comical one, but we need to look at this, and we need to fix these things quickly and immediately. And then step four, ask God to change your heart, because only he can. Sometimes, it is not in our desire to let things go. It's not in our desire to forgive and let anger kind of slip back into where it should be. So we have to ask God, God, you've got to come in and you've got to do something. Like, I need you to invade my life and to take my heart of stone and make it into a heart of flesh and give me a desire to forgive, to give me a desire to make amends, to give me a desire to see reconciliation as much more important than being angry with a person for years and years and years. And right right now, even today, maybe that's your big prayer. God, give me that heart. Because in the grand scheme of it, who has a right to be angry with us? God. We know that God is perfectly holy. And therefore, because he's perfectly holy, his wrath is pointed towards sin. And we live in that constantly. We are a sinful, broken people. And so if anyone has a right to be angry, it's him. And he is. He is always angry towards sin. But he is gracious to us. And through his son, Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to experience forgiveness, to watch anger be pushed back and grace to fill in the space. And so we ask God, 
God, give us a different heart. Give me a heart to make amends. Give me the mindset that I can do this. Even when it's difficult, God, just be gracious with me and help me to have a phone call. Help me to have a sit-down conversation. Maybe we do that today because we also know we need to do it quickly. So remember, more than anything, though, God's been gracious to us. If you're sitting there watching today and uh, you've never experienced that, like you've never experienced what it looks like to be forgiven and to see that anger towards sin pushed away and grace fill in the spot, you can do that today. Like even as you're sitting at home or wherever you're watching, maybe you're in a car somewhere, it's an acknowledgement that, hey, I understand that I am a broken person. I understand that I'm sinful. But I want to turn away from that, and I want to turn towards faith in Jesus Christ. And the moment that a person can say that and say, hey, I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, and I believe that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that we're made into a new creation. And that's the beauty of grace. Let's pray, and we'll continue to worship. God, we love you. God, I pray that you will take our hearts of stone and, God, we know in Scripture it says you'll make us a heart of flesh. God, be with us right now even as, God, I know that people can be sitting at home right now and and go, man, I am really struggling with this anger thing. I'm, I'm, I'm angry with this person. Could be a spouse, could be a sibling, co-worker, anything. God, I pray that peace would just invade their life right now, that we would be a grace-filled people, knowing that you've been gracious towards us. If you're here watching today and, and, and that's something you're struggling with, by all means, please put that on a connect card. We'd love to be able to pray for you. Like if you feel like today that today was the day where you said, yes, I understand, I need Jesus and I want to follow him, By all means, put that on a connect card. We want to be able to connect with you and pray with you through that. God, as we're in a time where it's kind of uncertain, God, just keep us from anger. Let us be gracious when we're at the grocery store. Let us be gracious when we're at home with our family, knowing that you've been gracious to us. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.